Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are excited about today's show because we are going off the stage and onto the screen for today's episode. And joining us for this, we have the director of today's film, Samantha Shea. She's here to talk to us about her film, Romance, which is part of the 56th edition of Dance on Camera Festival. Her film is playing February 10th at 3.15 p.m. at Film at Lincoln Center's Francesca Beale Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting filmlink.org. We are so excited, number one, to be bringing you another great festival happening here in New York City, but number two, to be bringing you this great film done by this wonderful artist and who better to speak about it than this wonderful artist? So let us welcome on our guest, Samantha Shea. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you here. As I mentioned, we're on the screen today. We're, we're talking film. Let's talk movies. But this film is, is really interesting. And I'm so excited. And it's part of this wonderful festival, Dance on Camera. Let's start by having you tell us a bit about your film. What is romance about? Yeah, so, I mean, romance is definitely very related to theater, I think. So for all of you theater lover listeners, I think it's relevant, even though it's film today. So this film is an adaptation of a short story by Miranda July called It Was Romance. And the it's a very short piece about a group of women gathering in an auditorium on a Saturday to learn how to be romantic. But the sort of jumping off point for me is that I did a Fulbright scholarship with the Pina Bausch Dance Theater and worked with the company for two years and learned a lot about Pina's work and that community and that history. And I had this wild idea to take Miranda's story and intermingle it into the world of Pina Bausch. So it's shot in Pina Bausch's rehearsal room with an intergenerational group of her dancers. And it's kind of a genre breaking dance documentary that explores the themes of womanhood, of aging, of beauty, of, of community. And it's very much a research-based piece as well that is honoring Pina's work. So it's a wild piece. It was shot on 60 millimeter film. It was kind of made like in the style of a devised theater project. So it, sort of follows Miranda's narrative and then it completely like breaks and one of the centerpieces of the film as well is one of my best friends in the whole world Naomi Brito is the first transgender woman in the Pina Bausch dance theater and that was a big part of the the point of departure for the piece because actually in one of our initial conversations about working together is that she actually joined the Pina Bausch dance theater identifying as a man and it was through watching the roles of women on stage in Pina Bausch's repertory that she realized who she is and began her transition. And so like the very women, you know, who came before her are in the film with her. And like, it's not really, none of this is really explicitly said, but it's inside of the kind of invisible threads of the film. So yeah, it, you know, small things, nothing that ambitious. <laughs> A lot of different ideas going on in romance. That sounds amazing, though. All those elements, all those parts that you are using and telling, I mean, that that's incredible. What was it that inspired you to, to create this movie and to, to tell this story? I think 
I was so inspired by what I had seen at the Tenste Auto Wuppertal, the, the Pina Bausch company. And also I saw the company in a really particular period in time, you know, where Pina Bausch passed away 15 years ago. And I'm among all of these incredible artists who made so much work that inspired me and and thousands of people, you know, decades ago. And now they're older and at these crossroads between the past and the future, asking questions, you know, about what will happen to the future of her work and me and my legacy and who am I now? And then there's these younger people coming into Pina's work who are filling the shoes of people they've admired, right? So there's all of this complexity and all of this richness. And I thought to myself, wow, I'm in such a lucky position to to be inside of this and to witness something that's actually quite intimate about a very well-known, you know, company. And I would love to artistically capture that moment and capture, you know, what these people have to say now. Because I think particularly the older generation of dancers that I've worked with, you know, they're so well-respected for what they did 30 years ago, but they also have things to say now. And so I was inspired to be like, what do you have to say now, you know, in your 60s? Like, what what is your story? What is your dance? And so it's kind of like a love letter to my time at that company and especially that room. I mean, I got to shoot the film in this old cinema where Pina Bausch made almost all of her pieces so that, that those walls are full, you know, of history and and spirit. And so I was inspired to capture that. And I think Miranda's story, when I read it, I was like, this sounds like a Pina Bausch piece, <laughs> you know? So I just kind of like used it and gave it to the dancers and I was like let's go everybody <laughs> and then we created it together I mean that's the thing it is very much a co-creation and I you know I come from a, a theater background and I started as an actor myself so I definitely consider myself like a, a highly collaborative director so it was also about them showing me what the story would be and us like weaving that together that is incredible absolutely incredible now I am curious to know, what has it been like developing this film, both as a dancer and as a theater person, and of course, as a filmmaker, you know, what has it been like putting this all together? And adding to that, what has it been like developing this film in this festival as well? Yeah, no, this film definitely for me was a risk, like, I I was an acting major at CalArts and my roommate was a filmmaker and actually she works at Lincoln Center now, which is so funny. The world is very small. And so we were college roommates and we started making films together when I was very young. So I was always interested in that. And then during COVID, I made films because, you know, it was easier to make films and make theater at the time. But romance, like, and, and prior to romance, I think I had achieved certain things as a filmmaker in terms of visual composition and certain styles that I had been or aesthetics I had been developing and then with romance I really felt like okay I'm going to take some risks I'm going to try and make something a bit more avant-garde experimental difficult to digest also I think the film feels very raw it's also shot on analog film like I jumped off many cliffs artistically with romance and I'm really proud of that, actually. I'm really proud that I did that. And the film is also, I would say, in some ways, a bit controversial. Like, there's a, there's intense content in there. And with Dance on Camera, they actually presented a film of mine uh, last year called Mother Melancholia. And I had an amazing experience with them. And I'm really glad they programmed romance because 
Mother Melancholia is a very aesthetically beautiful film. I'm very proud of that film, but I think it's it's an easier ride. And romance has definitely, I've noticed that it's intimidating some presenters actually. And so I was really happy that Dance on Camera took it, you know, like, and I'm really curious what New York audiences will think about it because we just showed it in Barcelona actually. And I, I got an award for it there. And you know, with romance, some of the I some of the references I make I thought were very obscure, you know, in terms of, oh, I'm a Pina Bausch nerd and like only I know about this, you know, and all of these people came up and said, oh, this film is like a living archive of Pina Bausch's work. And 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 I I realized, you know, of course we know this, the impact of her influence is so grand, but it was incredible to realize like, oh, I thought maybe this was some self-indulgent thing I did, but actually this is really resonating with people and that there are people who are passionate about her work and what it will become. Because of course my work is my own, but it is inspired by hers. And so, you know, I'm really happy that it's at Lincoln Center and that it's like, you know, given that platform in New York. Because a lot of festivals actually who've programmed my work in the past, like did not program this film, which I thought was interesting. And so I'm really like, I respect that that Lincoln Center took it and it's a long film as well. So like power to the curators, like thank you for supporting this piece. Yeah, I'm excited. That is fantastic. That is so exciting. So with this great piece that I love that you were, you were, I don't want to say chronicling, but you know, just letting older dancers speak. Is there a message or a thought that you are hoping audiences take away from romance? Well, I like to make work, I think, that produces like a multitude of meanings, you know, like I, I never really try to be like, this is the thing you should think, or this is the thing you should feel when you come away, which I know most American theater and film storytelling is much more kind of clear and literal in that way. Whereas my, in my work, I almost try to create like an environment or like a multitude of experiences that people like the public is given a space to make a meaning of it. But I think that romance is very much about love, you know, and it's about like romance in a way, but not necessarily romantic love, but like to fall in love with something, whether it's a place or a community or oneself to reminisce, you know, and, you know, there's several women in the, in the film and they each have a, a story that they tell. And and those can like resonate with the audience in different ways. And I think also what you were saying about older dancers, I mean, one of the unique and beautiful things about Pina's work is actually that the dancers have aged and continue to dance in the repertory, which is very powerful to see. But yeah, it is also the pressure, I think, yeah, on people's, all performers, their bodies, their, their everything is so intense. And I think that's in the piece, like that appears there. So yeah, I don't know if there's one particular message as much as it's, but I remember like when we first showed the film in Amsterdam, someone raised their hand and in the Q&A and said like, how did you make something from so much love? And I didn't even realize that that was like maybe what we were doing. And one of the dancers said like, we don't necessarily have to have the answer as to how we did it. It's just that you had that feeling. And you could just have that feeling. And I think that's kind of how I try to communicate with my audience. I don't know if that answers your question, but. That's yes, no, that's, that is just so beautiful. 
Oh, I, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. It's so wonderful. My final question for this first part is who do you hope have access to romance? Oh my gosh. Wow. That's such a big question. I think definitely dancers, professional or amateur. I think it's a powerful film for dancers. I think it's a really powerful film for queer people. It's a really powerful film for trauma survivors. There's a big trauma story that gets told and I won't get into the details. I won't give the spoilers on that. But one of the things that I love about the way that story is told is that it's told from a place of resilience. And I think very often when we see or experience stories of trauma in art, it's like going to the acute worst moment of like the incident itself and not necessarily, well, what happened after that? Or like what happened to that person after that? And I think there's a sense of empowerment around the sharing of of that trauma story that is deeply exciting and so yeah that I think it's also a film for survivors part of our interview we love letting our listeners get to know our guests a little bit more pick your brain if you will and i i'm gonna start with our our regular first question which is you know what or who inspires you what playwrights or composers or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites and i i do want to open this up as well to dance dancers yeah. dance performances and that as well because we are talking about that as well yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, obviously I'm very inspired by dance, very inspired by the work of Pina Bausch, of course. I actually, though, I mean, I think that the American theater is going through like a renaissance, I have to say. And even though I come from, I live in Europe and like, you know, most of my my favorite directors are in Europe. I was actually just doing a fellowship at, at Yale and I was seeing a lot of stuff in New York and I was like, wow, like the U.S. is having a moment and I'm particularly excited about like the the playwrights that are coming out of the U.S. right now. It's just so thrilling. And I and I saw Appropriate by Brandon Jacob Jenkins on Broadway when it was in previews. I loved that play. I thought it was fabulous. Even though, yeah, like narrative realistic plays are not usually my like the thing that gets me going. But that, you know, was amazing. And I'm trying to think like my favorite theatrical experiences, although I was a musical theater kid, like full blown, like obsessed, full blown obsessed, had a Patti Lapone phase, obsessed with Patti Lapone many years as we all were and are. But yeah, I also studied in Russia. I saw some amazing theater in Russia. Like I love the work of Yuri Batusov, also this director who's now in New York, Dmitry Krimov. I actually saw his work in Moscow in my early 20s and that was very influential on me. And then I got to be his student last semester at Yale, which was kind of like a dream. What else really inspires me? I love I love Shakespeare. I'm a huge Shakespeare fan. Major nerd for Shakespeare. Would love to direct a Shakespeare in some way. But yeah, I mean, mostly I'm I'm over here seeing a lot of modern dance. I saw a lot of good stuff at Yale. You know, lots of exciting things. There's a director there who is a dear friend. I'm a bit, I'm like, they're fangirl <laughs> and we're friends, but someone named Garrett Allen, who's graduating this year and they 
just directed for their thesis, Sarah Kane's Cleansed. And unfortunately, I couldn't see it because I was here in Europe, but it's the first time that play's ever been done by an all-Black cast, which I've heard it was an extraordinary production. And I had a lot of FOMO about not being there, but I got to see the rehearsals. And so that's something that's really on my mind artistically that's inspiring me right now. Also, I'm very influenced by performance art. Like I studied, trained and performed with Marina Abramovich in my early 20s, and that was influential on me very much. Yeah, obsessed with music. All my ideas come from music. I sort of like, you know, they say that directors like, oh, don't be seduced by music, you know. I'm like, that's all I do. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I fully indulge. Yeah. Love that list, though. What a wonderful list. I- I'd love to know, what is your favorite part about working in the arts? Oh, what is my favorite part about working in the arts? Meeting incredible people, I think. That's one thing. But I also think it is the shared air between the collaborators. Like, when you're making something and like something that was impossible if it was just me becomes possible because of the other people and that like unexpected miracle of of a co-created moment is probably my favorite thing and maybe my other favorite thing is like when I watch something that I've created with other people and I'm moved by it that's very special and there's many moments where I'm very critical but there also are moments where there's like a oh yeah there it is And that's a very, very beautiful thing. Love that. It's so lovely. (laughs) And now we have arrived at my favorite question to ask guests. And that, of course, is what is your favorite theater memory? Ooh, okay, I know. So there was the there's this Polish theater company called Theater Czar. And I talk about them a lot and I work with them a lot. And I didn't know who they were. They come from like the physical theater world, but they do polyphonic singing as well on stage. It's very beautiful. And I was invited to go see them perform in Boston. They were performing in this little theater in like Charlestown, Massachusetts. I don't know why. I had no idea who they were. And it was one of the most beautiful theater pieces I've ever seen. And I remember when the show was over, the entire audience was so moved that nobody moved. Like nobody clapped, nobody coughed, nobody grabbed their bag, nobody shifted it in their seat. And I mean, I think it was like for five minutes this happened. And I remember thinking like, I think I just watched a ritual and it makes me cry. Like I'm crying talking about it actually. It was so like timeless and people were just, I felt as though like something that people deeply yearn for was given to them that was like thousands of years old. And that people were just like utterly rearranged by that experience. And what's interesting is that I later became obsessed with that performance and I saw it five or six times. And every single time I saw it, the audience sat in silence for five minutes. Like I thought this is the only time this has ever happened in the history of theater. And I was like, oh no, every time they perform, that's how like floored the audience is. I think just that moment, feeling an audience that moved and not because other people said it was good and they feel like they should agree or, you know, like these things that you see audiences do where like they clap or everybody stands because somebody else did. It was completely like every one of their own like self 
in su such a full experience and it was a small theater it was it was maybe 50 people and that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in a theater what a wonderful memory I love that <laughs> oh and you got tears going I'm I got the tears <laughs> going it made me cry to talk about it yeah thank you so much for sharing that that's such a wonderful memory <laughs> Well, do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Yeah, actually. So I'm making my first theater piece since COVID, actually. I'm actually restaging one of my first pieces, I should say. It's called I Should Have a Party for All the Thoughts I Didn't Say. I'm working with a bunch of dancers from the Pina Bausch Company, some of whom are in romance, actually, and actors from Theater Czar, the theater company that I just cried about. So it's it's also I'm working with people who've had a huge influence on me, which is really inspiring. We're premiering that in Poland this year at the Grotowski Institute. We'll tour after that. And I also made a, a series of five short films as part of that process. The first one will premiere this March at Cinedance in Amsterdam. And the films will definitely continue to travel around. And yeah, and the theater piece will come at the end of 2024. Sounds amazing. So Irons in the Fire, some things we need to keep up to date on and, and in touch for. So that's a great lead in for my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about romance or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? Yeah, so I have a website, samanthashay.art. You can find me there. And I'm also on Instagram, Samantha underscore Shay underscore. And I I am pretty up to date on my Instagram about the things that I'm doing and and what I'm developing and my screenings and performances and stuff. Wonderful. Well, Samantha, thank you so, so much for stopping by and talking with us. This has been absolutely a dream. It's been so much fun. I, I hope we get to have you back. I just have loved talking with you, whether it be about just your thoughts or about this amazing film romance. I'm so excited about it. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was lovely to chat with you. Thank you. My guest today has been the amazing director, Samantha Shea, whose upcoming film, Romance, is part of the 52nd edition of Dance on Camera Festival. Her film is playing February 10th at 3.15 p.m. at Film at Lincoln Center's Francesca Beale Theater. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting filmlink.org. We also have some contact information for Samantha, which we will be posting on our episode description, as well as on our social media posts. And we'll have all this information there as well. But listen, get your tickets now to see this incredible, incredible film, Romance. I look forward to seeing it. It's an, I mean, the stories alone, stories about dancers and incredible dancers with this legendary choreographer, you, you want to go see this. So the film again is Romance. It's playing February 10th at 3.15 p.m. at Film at Lincoln Center's Francesca Beale Theater. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off those cell phones, unwrap those candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.